0: Hi, it's The Wire. It's Thursday, March 31st, 2022. Gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. Remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now let's talk about a fight involving two unbeaten fighters. What could possibly go wrong? In my favorites folder is Oscar De La Hoya's take on the upcoming fight between Oscar Valdez, unbeaten, and Shakur Stevenson, unbeaten. Now I have strong views on this fight. Just understand this is one man's opinion. You need to think for yourself. Oscar believes the fight is close, and that if Shakur Stevenson gets on his back foot. As Oscar puts it, if he goes back, he could be in trouble. Right now, let me point out a dynamic that needs to be considered here. Oscar Valdez is now in his 30s. We're talking about a lighter weight. We're talking about an older fighter. He's 31 years old. So he now is in the stage of his career where it's now or never. If he's going to reach the next level, he has to take fights like this. He's taking on a very formidable opponent. He's going off at a plus 300. Let's be clear here. Valdez, who's getting the bigger paycheck, and let me... Applaud Stevenson for accepting the smaller paycheck because Stevenson sees what I see. We'll get to my opinion on this fight. But understand that Oscar, who has a title, who is unbeaten, who more importantly has status in the sport, right? Part of Eddie Reynoso's stable, trains alongside Canelo. He's going off at a plus 300. Right? You bet a dollar, you win that dollar back, plus three other dollars. The younger Stevenson, who's in his mid-20s, is going off at a minus 470. Now, let's talk about what I see here. I don't think this fight is close. Stevenson, in my opinion, the big favorite, deservedly so, should win the fight. Why? Because he's younger, because he's faster. Faster feet, faster hands, faster reflexes. More importantly, he can fight from distance. Stevenson likes a little space. Now Oscar De La Hoya disagrees with me, right? You'll see in the De La Hoya clip I've placed in my favorite folder that De La feels that Stevenson likes to come forward. Right? Maybe De La Hoya is confusing Stevenson with Miguel Burchell. Who, of course, Oscar Valdez beat the fight before his last fight. We'll talk about both of those fights. Right? Burchell was addicted to his front foot. Burchell wanted to engage. He wanted to hunt. He was coming forward. That's not... Shakur Stevenson. Don't get me wrong. Stevenson can step in the pocket when he wants and can dole out punishment when he wants. But Stevenson's a much more complicated fighter. Stevenson knows what a back foot is. Stevenson understands that he is bigger physically than some of the guys he fights. He's bigger physically than Valdez. And Stevenson is a guy who can dole out punishment from distance. He has what I call ring coverage. When you think of fighters, ask yourself, where are they effective? Right? Short range, where the guy's up on you. Mid-range, where the guy likes to have a little space, but doesn't really you know want to get too close or too far away. Jaime Munguia, right? Short-range Errol Spence. Or long-range, where the guy can stay outside, keep you following him around, flick a jab, bust you up from the outside. Surprisingly for me, I remember that Mikey Garcia fight, Errol Spence, right? Spence is what I call a switch. Most fighters are not. Now, Oscar Valdez, in my opinion, likes to be mid to short range. Shakur Stevenson can bust you up from long range. Right? Stevenson can bust you up from mid range too, but Stevenson, to me, the combination of speed and the ability to have ring coverage, to be able to throw straight punches. Stevenson's a southpaw. His jab's his right jab. Right? The ability to keep the guy outside while busting him up makes this fight a possible mismatch. Right? I believe Stevenson here should stay outside and should be prepared to use his back foot. Now, the key for Stevenson is defense, right? He should be mindful of Valdez's left hook. What do I mean by that? Don't throw any lazy right hands that Valdez can counter with left hooks. In other words, don't be the guy throwing a jab and lazily keeping it out there. Understand, if your jab is lazily out there, right, it's not back by your head, defending your head. A guy can time a lazy jab where you throw it, the guy ducks it. Guess what, folks? You're open for the left hook. So Stevenson has to make sure that his right hand is crisp that he's throwing the jab. He might even want to think about doubling and tripling up on the jab because if you want to keep a left hooker outside, you want to double and triple up on the jab, right? Have the guy understand, player, you're not going to time my jab to hop in with that left hook, right? Understand, too, Stevenson needs to think about throwing the right hand Don't be the lazy low-volume guy who decides, hey, I got this guy beat. I'm not even going to pump the jab. No, that's not the way to do it. Right? You want to make sure that that jab has a presence in every round. Keep the smaller Valdez outside. Neutralize that left hook. Let me also point out, too, and Stevenson likes to go to the body. Don't do so against a guy with Valdez's left hook. In other words, one way to give away the fight is you decide, oh, instead of throwing a jab up top, where I'm hitting the guy and the guy's outside, you instead throw a jab low that the guy can just come over and hit you with a left hook. Right, so Stevenson has to be mindful of Valdez's left hook, right? If Stevenson is defensively alert, in other words, he realizes he has the better ring coverage, the better long-range artillery than Valdez. So he keeps Valdez too far away from him to dole out punishment. And of course, he's tying up Valdez's best weapon. In my opinion, it's Valdez's left hook. By shooting a jab, by having Valdez too busy trying to duck and move under the jab to get any leverage on the left hand, and by leaning back, keeping his head away from Valdez, so Valdez has to reach to find him. If Stevenson does that and moves a bit, We'll talk about the importance of movement here. Stevenson should win this fight easily. And I mean easily. 12-round fight, 8-4. Right? 8-4. Let me also point out that Stevenson, let's get advanced here. Stevenson, who has the faster hands... And I understand there's a Valdez crowd out there saying, player, you've got to be ridiculous here. You've got to be kidding. Our guy is unbeaten. Our guy has a reputation for courage. If you think our guy is going to be eating a lot of jabs, staying outside, unable to get to Stevenson, unable to deal with Stevenson's hand speed, then you don't know Oscar Valdez to the Valdez crowd. Tell us about all of that in the comment section of this video. Boxing's a young man's game. Folks, the next generation is in the building. Valdez is on the wrong side of 30 against a young lion with accuracy. You never see Stevenson throwing a lot of wild punches. Young guy with accuracy young guy with timing, young guy who knows the game, has spent part of his young career hanging around people like Terrence Crawford, for crying out loud. Right? Stevenson, understand his camp involves Prince, Josh Dubin, and Andre Ward. Right? Repeat players in the game. I'm tired of people coming up to me talking about, you know, Valdez's trainer. Eddie Reynoso's excellent. I'm not here to say that Valdez's backing isn't a plus. It's a plus. But understand, so too is Stevenson's preparation and backing. Right? You look up Stevenson's past, you're gonna see gold medals in the youth olympics. Right? Stevenson might be 24. Stevenson's a silver medalist in the regular Olympics. Understand, Stevenson has been world-class, winning awards for a long time. Let's talk about the payday that I was talking about earlier. Long-time viewers here know, I feel that when you're making your name, you're building your reputation. And there is a guy out there, a possible opponent, who's bringing exactly what you want to the party. Right? He has a title. He has prestige. The boxing cognoscenti understands that this guy's a warrior. But you understand that your game is tailor-made to beat his game. How much would you pay for that opportunity? Now, I believe and I've said it here before, that Anthony Joshua would have beaten Deontay Wilder had they fought when the world wanted them to fight, when both guys had shares of the heavyweight title, when you had this cross-Atlantic vibe going, right? Americans believing that their guy, the bomb squad, The then unbeaten, Deontay Wilder would certainly land a straight right hand against Anthony Joshua, right? And when the Joshua crowd was saying, hey, our guy has a left hand. Our guy is savvy. Our guy beat Vladimir Klitschko. Now, they were hung up as stupid as this was over a 50-50 split. Right? Wilder's point, as I understand it, was, look, Claire, I have a belt. I'm willing to fight you in your backyard. Give me the respect of a 50-50 split. So then they started talking about this, that, and the other, and that fight fell apart. Could you imagine how different the Joshua legacy would have been had he beaten Deontay Wilder at that point? I mean understand right now we're trying to get to an undisputed heavyweight title right now years later let's say you see it differently too let's say you believe that Wilder who let's face it has given Tyson Fury the toughest fights of Fury's career right fury's been knocked down multiple times in multiple tyson in multiple wilder fights If you believe the bomb squad guy would have beaten Anthony Joshua, could you imagine how massive that would have been for Deontay Wilder's career? So there comes a time in a negotiation, and I understand. Lord knows, in boxing, you got boxing managers, you got promoters who want to promise you you know, extra money in a fight and stuff like that. But there comes a time in a negotiation where you got to think about yourself, where you've got to look at the guy who wants the 51% or the 55%. And you've got to say to yourself, man, I think I beat this guy. Where am I going to find a guy like this who's tailor-made for me, who I could beat, take his title, be known as the one guy, the one guy, or at least the first guy, to officially beat this man. Right? We'll use the word officially because Oscar Valdez has lost before. Let's keep this real. But right now, Shakur Stevenson understands this guy can't match me in hand speed. Not only that, he has the blueprint. All he has to do is go to his laptop and pull up the YouTube film on how to beat Oscar Valdez folks let's break with the public here I'm gonna go with my two eyes not the three judges who saw the fight I thought Oscar Valdez lost to the gold medalist from the 2016 Olympics Robson can say so who himself is in his 30s, I thought Valdez lost badly in that fight. I was looking at that fight. There were multiple rounds left in that fight, and I thought, you know what? Valdez needs a KO to win this fight. If you look at the reaction when Valdez got the decision over so. this is his last fight. You would have thought to yourself, oh, Valdez knew he lost this fight. Right, folks, that's a fight where you need to kill the volume. Everyone did a disservice to Robeson Can Say So, including the announcers. Right, this was a boxing illusion. You saw Valdez getting completely undressed. You saw a fight where the opponent was so dominant that in the fifth round, look it up, in the fifth round of this fight, Rosen Cansejo, who was moving around the ring, throwing a jab, pretty boy basically, in the ring, making Valdez look slow, making Valdez miss. In the fifth round of the fight, the challenger, the underdog, started mocking the champion. By the way, on my scorecard, he was pitching a shutout at that time. right let me just say too that valdez's left hook conseso had it blocked he knew that that's valdez's best punch valdez couldn't break rhythm he couldn't handle the movement he was a bystander conseso's moving left to right right to left you realize that valdez is an in the pocket fighter he needs you to be right in front of him to be effective. He's not a guy who can fight on the move. Right? Stevenson, a southpaw, must know, looking at that film, that all he has to do is duplicate that film somewhat. He needs to tailor it to himself. Robson is a righty. Stevenson's a lefty. Right? The left hook lines up differently with Stevenson. But Stevenson has to look at that film and realize, man, if I can mix in any movement with some defense and a steady jab that neutralizes the left hook, I win this fight by several rounds. Right now, understand, there's a different point of view out there. Watch the De La Hoya video in my favorites folder. Right, he's convinced that Stevenson is going to come forward you understand the pocket is home for Oscar Valdez. Stevenson should be more adept than coming forward, right? He needs to use his back foot like Canceso did. He needs to mix in some movement. He needs to remind Valdez that Stevenson has the hand speed advantage and that Stevenson who knows how to fight long, doesn't need to be deep in the pocket to be effective. Now, let's talk about the betting. Oh, by the way, Miguel Burchell, you know, that's Valdez's big fight. Burchell was addicted to the pocket, as I mentioned earlier. But what I want people to realize, too, is Burchell recently lost a fight. This is after losing to Valdez. Burchell lost the fight. Burchell always had a leaky defense, right? He always got hit with a lot of shots. Now I know the supporters of Valdez want you to believe, hey, Valdez softened him up, right? He's not the same, right? Valdez made Burchell the lesser fighter. Burchell was in the ring with the next opponent, and he must have been having flashbacks of getting dominated by Valdez, and he was dominated by Valdez. But isn't there another side of the street? And we aren't really sure until we see Valdez look effective after that Burchild fight. Isn't there another side of the street here? Was Burchild in decline when he faced Valdez? was it Valdez who softened him up or was it the sport of boxing who softened him up, right? Because Burcheld, again, blood and guts guy, comes in the pocket, gets hit with shots, right? I'm guessing Shakur Stevenson, if he plays his cards right in this fight, is going to look clean and unhurt, unfazed after the Valdez fight. If he stays outside Pays attention to the left hook, right? Is alert defensively, maintains spacing. But understand, Burchell looked like a car crash after not just the Valdez fight, but the fight after it. If Burchell was diminished against Valdez, how do we know that Valdez is the monster people think he is? Let me just tell you, there's a group that looks at Valdez with skepticism. It's the people who set the betting line for this fight. It takes a lot for a casino to look at an unbeaten fighter and then to say, let's make him a three-to-one underdog. Right? Somebody's not convinced about Oscar Valdez. So let's talk about the betting approach I'm going to take. It's going to be controversial. Just understand, my opinion is that Shakur Stevenson can win this fight by a wide margin, right? 8-4. You know, let's say 12-round fight, he wins by four rounds. Understand what that means. He could be on his way to winning by four rounds, but if he's far ahead and we get to round 11 and 12, he could say, hey, I'm just going to stay outside here. Right? I'm just going to, you know, come in and make sure this guy isn't even in my area code in the 12th round to win this. Right? So an 8-4 fight might end up being a 7-5 fight easy. Right? But understand, I think Shakur Stevenson's going to win the fight in the ring by a margin. Well, what that means to me, in fact, Valdez isn't a plus 300, he's a plus 330. What that means to me is that to make money on this fight, part of my betting portfolio is going to be Valdez to win. Right? You're getting a plus 330. I need that part in the play as insurance. Valdez to win a plus 330 hedged with the over. In other words, I'm not expecting Shakur Stevenson with superior boxing ability to throw that superior boxing ability out the window to come inside and to just jump in the pocket and pretend he's Marvin Hagler. Right? I'm not expecting Shakur Stevenson to make this a fight. He's better off if it's a boxing match. He needs to be the one who's disciplined, sticking to his skills, sticking to his game plan, right? You'll know he's in control if he goes to his corner and the cornerman says, hey, keep doing what you're doing, right? Don't get lulled into a fight, right? Don't get emotional here about anything. View this as a math equation. Neutralize his left hook. Right? Pump the jab. Keep him outside. Move away from his left hand. Right? Keep the distance so a pocket doesn't form. Move just enough so that Valdez has to lift his feet like he did unsuccessfully, in my opinion, against Conceso. Right? I'm going to hedge Valdez to win with the over because I believe that course Stevenson wins this fight in the later rounds either by stoppage which is possible or by decision which to me is more likely right understand when i'm getting a plus 300 on the other side what that means is i can bet 3 times the money on Stevenson excuse me on the over and pick up a nice profit if Stevenson wins in the later rounds. Not only that, because it's an over, if Valdez were to win in the later rounds, then in a fight I'd be wrong on. In terms of my expectations, I would win both sides of the bet. Right? The Valdez simply to win, check mark. Right? The over, check mark. Right, I'd walk away from the casino shaking my head, thinking, "Man, I didn't see that coming," while counting my money. But I need for you to understand the risk involved. Boxing is a young man's game. If Shakur Stevenson comes out, starts busting up Valdez, who, in my opinion, lost a recent fight, and can say so. If he starts busting up Valdez, gets in the rhythm, and then decides, you know what, this guy can't handle my straight left. I'm landing it with such authority, I'm just going to end this. Let me empty the tank on this guy. He's spent. He's diminished. If Stevenson ends the show early, you lose it all. So I expect Stevenson to win late, so I'm playing it this way. Valdez to win, hedged with the over. Right, In part because you're getting such outsized odds on Valdez. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. I understand a few people in boxing are picking Valdez in this fight. I am not one of them. I believe he's tailor-made. Tailor-made. For Shakur Stevenson, a tip-off here is Stevenson, the favorite, accepted less money for the fight. Right? Stevenson understands something that fighters who argue over 55-45 splits in fights that could make their career don't understand. You get paid for your last fight in boxing. That's really the way it works. If Stevenson beats Valdez, my goodness, folks, he's gonna be on a different level. Let me point out too, that with George Cambosis tied up with Devin Haney, right, and there's a rematch clause. The rematch is supposed to take place in Australia. Who is Lomachenko going to fight? If Stevenson wins this fight and looks good doing it, Stevenson Lomachenko is going to fill a big arena. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments. In the comment section of this video, let me also point out too that after his next fight, Gervonta Davis is going to be a free agent, right? There's an open question, quite frankly, given that Davis was losing to Barrios, right? That fight took a turn when Mayweather himself had to talk with his fighter and say, hey, hey, what's what's happening here, right? Is there the possibility that just like how Tank was losing to Barrios, and had to step on the gas later in that fight. Is there a possibility that Stevenson could jump out to a lead against Tank, right? Who of course went the distance with Pitbull, Isaac Cruz? Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. Thanks for stopping by.